people. I don't think actually anyone starts to become spiritual or you could use the word tapped in or the word divine or whatever you want word you want to use because I believe we all are that. We already are. Welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I am your host, Rosie Acosta, yoga teacher and teacher trainer, mindfulness coach, speaker, and creative writer. I am also the founder of radicallyloved.com, a website where you can go for more information about yoga, mindfulness, meditation, and lifestyle advice. On this podcast, we talk to people within our health and wellness community that are creating content through the ritualistic practice of yoga, meditation, or overall mindful living. We hope to create value in your life so that you can achieve your highest potential and live a radically loved life. To stay in touch with us, just follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Rosie Acosta and on Facebook at Radically Loved Rosie. You can sign up for our newsletter on radicallyloved.com to stay up to date on future workshops, retreats, and latest podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Four Sigmatic. I have been waiting for months for this product to come out and it's finally here, the Four Sigmatic Mushroom Focus Shot. Four Sigmatic has always believed in seeking energy through nutrient-dense foods, sleep hygiene, movement, and hydration. So when they came up with this product as an alternative to all those gnarly energy drinks that are out there, I was so excited. This is the first ready-to-drink product that promotes focus and energy without all the gnarly ingredients. You can sip half of the bottle of Lion's Mane and Guayusa with a powerful pineapple taste from only real ingredients. No artificial sweeteners or flavors are allowed. I can drink half of the bottle in the morning and then half in the afternoon, and it doesn't make me feel weird and jittery in the afternoon. Go to foursigmatic.com and use the promo code radicallyloved. That's R-A-D-I-C-A-L-L-Y-L-O-V-E-D to get a special discount on all the Four Sigmatic products. Back to our show. Hey listeners, we need your support. Help us by subscribing and rating to this podcast. Send us a snapshot of your review or comment and we will send you a very special Radically Loved gift. Send your comment to info at radicallyloved.com. You can also click on the show notes here on this podcast for more information. If you want to be part of our community, please click the link to our private Facebook group, on the show notes of this particular podcast so you can be the first to hear of upcoming trainings, retreats, and special Radically Loved events. Thanks so much for listening. Danette May is a leading health expert and best-selling author. Her upcoming book, The Rise, An Unforgettable Journey of Self-Love, Forgiveness, and Transformation is out now. Danette is one of America's leading health and fitness experts. She is the founder of Mindful Health LLC and the Rise Movement. Danette has fast become a rare and unique voice of empowering women to construct the life of their dreams. I was lucky enough to meet Danette in person at one of Lori Harder's events and was quickly taken by not only her beauty, but her genuine interest in just getting to know somebody new. I had so much fun chatting with her about her book and just about her journey. It's a book that I 
really enjoyed and actually related to a lot. I'm so excited to have Danette on and as part of our community, and I can't wait to hear what you thought. Here's Danette May. Yeah, I am so excited to have you on. I just finished reading your book two weeks ago, and I was just so inspired and motivated and just excited to have embraced you in person. Um, so thank you so much for being here. I am so excited to connect and to get deep. I can tell you're deep. I am. I'm a deep person from what I hear. (laughs) (laughs) I can feel it. And so I'm, I'm really interested in, in hearing from you, um, having this, this incredible journey and, and writing this story. And again, it's like, I know that you've, I've listened to interviews you've done. You've talked at length to your struggles and all the obstacles that you've overcome, Um, but I'm curious for you as this process continues to unfold, how, how is it in your life now that you're still able to be in a grounded place or is it not sometimes feel like you're in a grounded place? Because sometimes I feel like when I read these books that are so deep and inspirational, I'm like, wow, I wonder if they just like have it all figured out now. And like your life is just like rainbows and butterflies, you know? (laughs) Well, okay. I really do want to say that's a really good question. So when you look back on my, the beginning journeys that you're referring to in the book, and if anybody's heard me speak, you hear about the, the pain and the loss of my son and the money financials and the divorce, you hear about all that stuff. And, and yes, that was a really, really chaotic time in my life. And I wouldn't say that I'm operating on that same level. I don't feel that it's that chaotic anymore. And I think it's because of the tools I've adopted. And honestly, I think it's because of the fall I've been in and my rock bottom, what you can call it the refiner's fire, the rock bottom, that op- that was such a huge gift ultimately, because now I have this massive reference point. So nothing feels quite as big and quite as scary And I feel like that's given me a lot more wings and a lot more just perspective. And for that, that's priceless. Yeah. And I I feel like for people that, again, maybe have heard you speak before, maybe this audience is this is the first time that they're they're hearing your voice and, and hearing a little bit about who you are and what you do. This is um this is something that I feel like a lot of people can relate to because um you know when we go through any adversity in our life we can sometimes let that control the our destiny right we can let it control who we become in life right like we have these predispositions that we feel we're married to you know I know for me this has been hugely a part of my story and again that's maybe why I was so connected to your voice and your story because I grew up in a similar in in a similar in in the similar type of place with maybe not the loss and the heartache but definitely in a chaotic uh, gang violent um, traumatic PTSD experience to feel like oh this is how this is it like this is my destiny this is this is just my life I'm I'm gonna be living in this predisposition of my environment and so I love how you you were able to overcome that just by not just right I mean there's a lot of things that you did to be able to get to where you are now and so can you speak to a little bit of that 
place where you were and maybe people that are listening to this podcast feel that they're in now that really helped shine the light to the road that you've taken? Yeah, well, I first want to say pain is pain. Um, we can get caught up in looking at other people's lives and going, oh, they have it worse or I have it worse or that seems really heavy and this seems lighter. Pain is pain. So whatever you're going through, you have these two options. And one is to let the story that whatever the current story from the pain rule that life that you're going to continue going down. Because the biggest thing I want to say at this point is write down this. What is the story you're telling yourself? Because pain is pain, right? And so you're telling a story around that pain. And if I was to look back and maybe even you looking back in the past, you could either sit in that story that was the current story of I'm not enough, I'm terrible, my life is in shambles, my life is ruined, I'm going to be um, a financial ruin my whole life, I'm never going to amount to my dreams, my family did X, Y, Z, my ex did X, Y, Z, and woe is me, right? Mm -hmm. Or you can rewrite your story. And we all have that power. It's just deciding that I'm going to change the story. I'm going to change the story that this pain is terrible, that what this person did to me is terrible, that I'm never going to amount to anything. They stripped something from me. They took something from me. And therefore, I'm never going to amount to what I was destined to amount to. Or you can flip that on its head. It's up to you. And decide that actually this happened for me to show me my power. This happened for me for me to rise up into my fullest expression. This happened for me to create more empathy. This happened for me. You can create whatever story you want, but you get the point. And you basically have two choices. And so you get to decide, and every human gets to decide, and some people choose the current story, and some people write their own. And I'm so thankful, and every day I write my own. Oh, I love that. I'm like, and that's it. That's the end of the interview, guys. I mean, she just really wrote. <laughs> <laughs> she just really broke it down. I, I love that so much because I feel like, look, when you're in the midst of that, that thick fog of the not knowing, I think that those are the best times to really change your perspective, right? And be able to look at, at the things that are working and the way that you can, you can change your life. But I, I feel like sometimes when people have this, I call it like a faux desire for change, because they really want to change, but all they keep saying is, is the negative things and how things are not working. Yeah. And, and they're, they're trapped in that, um, that downward spiral and then, and might not even realize it. Right. Where it's like, well, an, go ahead. Yeah. yeah no, I want you to say, yeah, you to don't that. realize it. And it's funny you're saying this because even today I'll like go out for a business meeting or I'll go out with some friends and, or just even hanging out the live event I did and I will hear some of the words, just really watch the words you're speaking. Like I'll hear this, oh, there's no good men out there. I can never get a good man. Or I'll hear my, you know, I just can't get a break. Like I'm just struggling and the bills are coming in. Or call, I always seem to never win. Like I put my name and for drawings and I can never win. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're speaking the truth to whatever the existence is going to be. Yeah. So whatever you focus on, whatever you speak expands. So really watch your words. That's the first thing. And then watch the company of the words that the company you're around is speaking. So if you're hanging out with people that have that language, remove yourself from that type of company. And that takes bravery. That takes yeah. courage. 
Yeah. Oh, oh my goodness. I, I want to ask you about this because this is something that comes up a lot. Uh, in fact, I've dealt with it myself, but putting yourself in a environment where you have people that are going to lift you up and support you and not make you feel like you're dragged down. But how do people, how do people get out of a toxic relationship or environment that's not helping them feel uplifted? Mm. Can I make this so simple? Get out. No, (laughs) (laughs) yes. Like, what are you waiting for? So many people are trying to go through this door of transformation. Let's just imagine you have this door and you're trying to go onto the other side and the other side's positivity and the other side's taking a hold of your dreams and the other side's doing things that seem so big and different than what you currently do. But so many of you are so busy worrying about packing on family members and friends and having them want to pass through this door with you and you've got them hanging off your shoulders. You got them hanging off your arm, your leg, and you don't fit. You can't get through that transformation door. It's just too bulky to everyone's hanging off you. They're not going in single file. And so many of you are so worried about bringing everyone along. And the truth is you just get to enter that door. You get to experience that door. And then you can call from the other side and be like, you're welcome to come in here too. But you're, you got to let go of trying to carry everyone in through that door. Wow. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think that's such a huge block for people because they feel like they won't feel the happiness of the transformation unless they're bringing other people along. Yes. Yes. And you'll find that that level of transformation, you don't need anyone actually. And that's part of the joy. That's part of the transformation is that you get to fill yourself up, that that you don't need anyone actually to do that. And it's scary because you don't know, but you'll have to look to people that you feel that inspire you that you're like, oh my gosh, it seems like they're on the other side and trust what they're saying because they're in a new realm than you. So trust that they're like, you're not going to need those people. You're going to be just fine. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely right. Danette, how did dealing with, with the struggle and the loss, uh, of your child and, and, being in these places help shape your spiritual path? Mm. Okay. So a question I've gotten asked, I'm going to expand on what you just said, because a question I've been getting asked is when did you start becoming spiritual? Mm. And I was like, wow, this is an interesting question because I don't ever think I started becoming spiritual. I don't think actually anyone starts to become spiritual or you could use the word tapped in or the word divine or whatever you want word you want to use because I believe we all are that. We already are. It's just unlayering it and, and proclaiming it, right? Because we already are. So it's never like I became more spiritual um, through the death of my son. What happened is I truly believe that his passing woke me up. It woke me up that I already had that inside of me. It woke me up that I already had intuition. It woke me up that I wanted to actually live. It woke me up of the pain and going, God, I'm not operating in my true living. I'm operating in other people's living. And so to me, it's not that I stepped more into spirituality. It's more that I remembered. I remembered. Mm. One of my, one of my dearest, uh, spiritual, uh, teacher friends. Um, he, who's, uh, he, he passed away last year, Michael Stone is a great Buddhist, uh, teacher. Um, and he would always say we practice because we forget, right? 
Mm-hmm. And so, and I love that because I think that's exactly what you're saying. It's like we practice because we forget and, and to expand on, on what he was saying is exactly what you're saying. It's we, we forget what we're already awakened to. Yes. So good. I love that. It's so true. It's like, we don't need to be taught. We just need to remember. Yeah. So, and when you wrote this book, so it's called the rise and tell me why you decided to call it that. (laughs) Such a good question. Wow. I've actually had no one ask me this and I didn't, I, everything in our business, we do kind of marketing polls and we always have some type of understanding of the market and what they want. And the title of this book had none of that. (laughs) And (laughs) so (laughs) it had none of that. (laughs) And I, I don't know what that means, but that's just the truth. Um, literally I'm sitting as I often do in body work and in body work, I tend to receive information. I'll just randomly remember things or thoughts come to me. It's similar to my soul writing time. And I'm sitting in this body work and it just feels like I am in divine alignment. And, you know, my husband's actually receiving body work at the same time. And we both got off the table and we're like, this word, the rise keeps coming up in my mind. And I was like, whoa, that's something. I don't know what that is. Like, we're like, do we call our business the rise? Like, what is this, the rise? And, and then about seven months later, I was like, oh, we should look into doing something with the rise. And he was like, oh, it's a terrible name. Like no one even knows what that means. He's like, we're not going to do anything. And I was like, no, we'll use it later. I don't know where it's going to come up again, but that was, that was a really special moment that that came to us. So I always had that in my back, um, information. Right. And then I get this book deal and face or at Hay House goes, you can write on anything you want. And you need to do it in six weeks. <laughs> We're going to fast track your book. Oh. Is really rare um, in the Hay House world. Um, publishing companies typically like to go 18 months. They like, they have a system, you know, they tell, you know, you turn in a book proposal. I did none of that. Um, and so I didn't know what I was going to write about. And the logical part of me just wanted to write about all my programs and just the things that made sense. Mm-hmm. And I had a really what I would call a spiritual moment. Um, in Hawaii, I happened to get into a sacred burial site that I wasn't supposed to be in. I didn't know it at the time cause it was dark, but it was basically, you were not allowed in this space, but I felt called to go into it. And I didn't know it was a sacred burial site at the time. And I sat in there and I was meditating and I, I, I seriously felt like I was being asked to share my vulnerability, to share my mud and my muck, to share the things that are lighting me up, to share all the things I didn't want to share because so many women in particular are so afraid to be fully seen, to stand on top of their stories, to be vulnerable, to be misunderstood, to be judged that they're not, they're holding themselves in. And I was no different. And, it, and who am I to teach that if I'm not willing to go there? Because there was many stories I, I hadn't shared with anybody. Even my husband didn't know all those stories in that book. Mm-hmm. And it was a big wrestle with my soul. Like I was like, no way. Like, why would I do that? Especially for my first like published book, like no way. And I, I know enough now to know that when I receive this information, that it's not by chance. Right. So I have to listen or I'll just be miserable. Yeah. So I, and then I, the, the word, the rise came back to me. It was like, 
the rise. This is your rise. And now I truly feel like I'm on a whole nother rise. Like the rise indicates that you've never arrived. The rise doesn't mean you have to start somewhere. The rise is just simply you're moving up into whatever you're needing to move up into. I'm just like, my, my jaw is like on the ground right now. I'm just like, yes, (laughs) this, that, and for me, that, that was what spoke to me because I, I felt that I, and I, I felt that that title was so encompassing of everything that you wrote about because it just, it is not this intense, treacherous climb. It's like, which it's just, it's a rise. It's something that just continues to pull us upward there is no it's like there are no mistakes right or there are no um obstacles it's like they're all just lessons the people Mm -hmm. everything that comes into your life is just an opportunity to learn something new absolutely Um, and I love how you incorporated all the different modalities food and mindset and um you know the the empowering elements to um into one place and again i know that this is these are the tools that you use for your business um that have worked and and i feel like so much of the the umbrella that we're under in this world of self-development or spiritual growth encompasses all of these things and you would think that at this point we we would figure out you know like we need to we need to actually do work it's not just about sitting and meditating your life it's it's about actually like doing putting the right things in your body and moving your body and all of those things so can you speak to that a little bit more yeah so i what you're referring to is this part in the book about what I call small, small hinge movements. Cause I love this quote, small hinges move big doors. And I truly believe that to move into the next realm of who, you know, the next realm of possibilities, the realm of who, you know, you're meant to be the goals, whatever it is, it's not the big break. It's not the right connection. It's not, um, something grandiose. It's the three things you're willing to do each day that move the needle forward. And they're smaller, they're small hinges <laughs> that move that big door. And so it's interesting because my mess became my message. I didn't start eating these healing foods that were superfoods and moving my body because I was going to create this business that I operate today. I was doing it to save my life. I was doing it to have more energy to get up in the morning and be a single mom again that day. I was doing it to get out of the brain fog and the depression that I was feeling. I did it because I, I want, I looked at my daughters and I had to do it for them. Right. And then I, as I started to do those move, the movement and the eating the foods, I was watching my spirit start to open up. And then I was really open to the idea of mindset work and the power of the mind, which a lot of people think is woo woo or out there, or that doesn't make sense. And it's like, as soon as you open up the portal of yourself from healing foods and movement, you actually are aware that that power of the mind is like key. And so for me, I started stepping into that and my whole world was changing at a very rapid pace, very rapid pace. And I was watching as all the different paradigms in my life were shifting and all the different relationships and my external world was shifting. And I have to say everything was shifting and it looked beautiful, but there were a lot of people who didn't like that shift that couldn't understand that shift. Family members, friends, like people fell away and people will fall away from those of you who decide to step into the truth of who you are. 
and it's not always roses and it doesn't feel easy in the moment, but at the end of the day, I'm here for me and God. Like I'm, and for me, I'm just here to do what I'm meant to do and not, I'm not here to please people. So that, that was the journey is those, those three things. And it's still the journey today. Like I am still in my rise and these are the, still the same three fundamental hinges I do every day. Yeah. And I feel like it's, I mean, like we're all, we all go through these processes, no matter how much knowledge and insight we have, right? We're human. We go through these like different lulls, especially like I go through it sometimes just, you know, as a teacher and as a teacher trainer. So I, I, I get to teach these people to become yoga teachers and, and I get to see their journey and, and all these things. But, but there's also moments where I'm, you know, I'm like, wow, I'm really tired. Or like, am I really, am I supposed to, am I supposed to still be like a regular human that gets irritated and like snaps at people (laughs) (laughs) has, you know, those, those fleeting human moments of, of, you know, just wanting to take a break and, and feeling overwhelmed. You know, I think that, that it's important to to acknowledge that, but to also know that you're still you're still in the process, and I I love that about you, and I know that that's something that you really focus on on doing. Uh, one of the questions that I had for you is in regard to just your entire journey, like as a whole, has 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 there always been, or maybe I, I don't know that you've answered this. Maybe you do speak to it at at some point, but. From when you were little to now, was there an undercurrent of like wisdom or a mantra of something bigger that you saw for yourself that's always been in either the your subconscious or in the forefront? Does that make sense? Absolutely. I think what you're asking me, tell me if I'm wrong, but you're asking me, was there when I was a little girl, was there like a vision or something I would see or feel about my destiny? Is that what you're yes, asking? Yes, that's it. Uh, Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was raised with four brothers. So my visions as a little girl did not come because I had older sisters that talked to me about empowering women, right? I didn't even have a mom that did that. But I lived out on a farm. <laughs> I had like really no neighbors. So this stuff was in me. I would visualize. And it's fascinating because I literally live on top of a mountain right now where I, this is my home base where I go in and create my content and stuff. But I always would visualize that I would bring women to the mountains and I would bring them to reconnect with themselves. And I would see that I would be reaching hundreds at the time. It just felt like thousands and thousands of women to remember the essence of who they are in the mountains. As a little girl, I would see this, but I always thought they were coming up into the mountain, hiking and connecting to remember their power. And I used to see this all the time and I'd be like, oh, and I didn't know what, how to word it. So I'd be like, hey, what's that called? And people would be like, oh, that's called a retreat. Or you're doing maybe retreats for women or something. And I, I saw that, but now I, I understand more what that vision was. It was bringing women back into nature, back into their essence. And it's on a global scale. And that's exactly what our business is doing. It's not just in retreat settings. It's online. It's wherever they're at in their communities. Yeah. Wow. I love that. And how was it, um, you know, growing up with, with brothers and having that masculine energy? Um, 
I actually, and I love my family, so I'm not trying to harp on them, but it was a very, um, very chauvinistic type of home environment. So I grew up with the women having specific duties and the men having specific duties. And I grew up with women being primary, primarily in the home and doing dishes, canning food, which was like poking forks in my eyeballs, swing. And, and I remember I was a, maybe I was a junior and my, and my class was going to South America. Like I've always had the travel bug, but we never even traveled. Like we were just, it was very like old school and the men and my mom never went out into nature and hiked and did anything. And so the men went out and would go hunting or they'd go out and do fun activities. And I'd be like, what I'm asked to sew. Like, I don't want to sew. I don't, I want, and like I, my mom would sign me up for sewing classes and I would sneak out to go jump on the trampoline. And then the teacher would call my mom and be like, your daughter's not sewing. She's jumping on the trampoline. (laughs) And I'm like, I just, I grew up very much like that to the point where we'd sit around the table. And if my dad said, Hey, where's the ketchup? My mom got up and got the ketchup. So, um, this was what I watched and it definitely affected me. It definitely affected me, um, a lot, but I think what it it affected me to just get a little grittier on who I really am because like I had a trip planned. I wanted to go to South America and I had raised all the money, but $200 to go. And I had asked my parents if they had loaned me $200 and I'd earn it back because no one gave out any money in our home. Like you earned every penny. And my dad said, you know what, Danette, you don't know how to can properly. You don't even know how to can beans, can corn. And he's like, until you learn those skills, you're not going anywhere out of the country. And I was like, unbelievable. And it was a really pivotal moment for me because I was like, Ooh, when I get out of this house, I'm trapped everywhere. (laughs) Wow. Do you, do you can now? Oh no. Oh no. (laughs) Like that, that upbringing, it's the big joke in my family that I even wrote a cookbook because I was so rebellious and that I was like, they forced cooking on me and they forced, I've had to now retrain that because I think there's a part of me that likes to cook, but I associated it with being controlled and having to be in the kitchen while the men were out watching TV or playing sports in the front lawn. And I was so angry by it. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So how has this shaped you as a mother with your children? (laughs) I laugh because I never pushed obviously cooking on them and like, and they've watched me obviously build this career. My oldest daughter in particular has watched all the different avenues of our life from $47 to our name to what we have today. And, and she is the type of girl that's like, I want to prepare the Thanksgiving dinner, all of it. No one helps. I do all of it. And I'm like, Thank you, Lord. <laughs> like, seriously, how did I get so lucky? <laughs> and then my youngest daughter is a massive baker and she loves to bake and she has so much fun with it. And I'm just so happy to watch that. And I'm glad I didn't pass that on to oh them. My goodness. How old are your kids? Um, Sarah, my oldest is going to be turning 16 okay. and my youngest is 10. Okay. So 16. So that's a pretty good, you've got, uh, you know, still a, a baby and one that's going into adulthood. Yeah, totally. Oh my goodness. Well, so there, I have got so many questions. It's like, where do I even go with this? Okay. Um, <laughs> as far as, um, 
you know, the, the current state that we're in, um, my, my belief is that we have such a great opportunity with the state of the world that we're in now to create a loving ripple effect and to be able to, um, you know, continue to teach and guide and learn and be students and just spread a message of love and support and community. And, you know, I love that you do these events where you bring people together and so much of what you do is really implicit of all of those things. Um, what do you think the, the biggest lesson you want your daughters to learn? Is? Mm. The greatest thing I actually want for them. And I've felt this for a really long time is the self love for themselves. Um, I believe that self-love is the greatest thing that we can do for ourselves and for the planet. We get wrapped up in talking about how we're going to help with global warming, how we're going to help, you know, with war and starving children and plastic that's being consumed, yeah. these concepts, and they're all good. But I really believe at the core of my essence that if we all stepped into, and I love that you have the title radically loved, because if we step, stepped into radical love, which that is in our mission statement, radical self-love, and that means loving all the dimensions of who you are, the wild, the crazy, the soft, the, the scared, the strong, the all the different dimensions, because we all have them. You are not who you think you are, honey. You are like so many dimensions. And if we could step into that, it affects every decision we make. It affects the, how we interact with people. It affects if we choose love over anger. It affects whether we judge, whether we create separation between someone who has a different religious view or political view or whatever different view than we have. It affects whether you buy conscious food or unconscious food. And so to me, my mission is really that. And that's my mission for my children, myself, and for everyone. Mm, I love that. What advice would Danette give her 15-year-old self right now if she was in front of you? Mm, trying to go back a little bit to my 15-year-old self. Uh, I feel like I had a lot of just... Um, beautifulness about me at that age. I think I built on a lot of layers, um, in my twenties actually. And they were kind of building up to about 12, 13, 14, 15. So at age 15, I would say that you're not responsible for how other people feel. What would your 95 year old self tell you now? Have fun sister. <laughs> make it fun make it fun what is your greatest dream for your children mm, that they find their truth and live in that truth oh my goodness Danette, oh my god <laughs> I, love that. I love that so much um with regard to uh this this particular forum for this podcast um i created this podcast as a way for people to come to to um you know listen to people's journeys and maybe receive some value in 
you know, any of the content that's provided here um, or just to feel supported and feel like somebody else has been in their shoes at one point. And the idea is that we are all radically loved by, you know, God, universe, source, whatever higher power of your understanding. It's exactly what you said. So the, the universe works for us and not against us. And so I just have a couple more questions for you. And the two pertaining to this particular podcast is how do you feel radically loved? And then what do you radically love? Mm, how do I feel radically loved? You know, when I feel the juiciest, like the most peace, the most connected is when I step into doing what I'm asked to do. So for example, I put on that large 1500 women event and I, that does, those events don't have ROI. They don't make a lot of business sense. They don't, they're hard. They're like a year long process. And I remember like three days before the event, just feeling so at peace and so connected to divine source because I did what I was asked to do no matter how hard it was or no how much sense it didn't make or did make that I just did what I was asked to do. And I feel the same about the book is like a lot of these decisions lately, I'm just doing them because I feel I'm asked to do it. And that to me makes me feel really like the sense of radical love. And what do you radically love? Mm, I radically love simplicity. I value simplicity. I, I see the wisdom in simplicity. What does freedom mean? Mm, freedom. What does freedom mean? Freedom means living into your fullest expression. Do you? You're, are you just like a walking like Twitter quote? like <laughs> human being like do you just like walk around like doing like tweetable quotes all day long I feel like this is just I, I can probably follow you around for an entire day and just like be picking up all kinds of like wisdom nuggets Danette oh. you're amazing um okay so I would love to keep you on for longer and I, I definitely want to do a, a part two to this, but um, I want to respect your time. And I, I really want to just take a moment to thank you for everything that you're doing and everything that you're do you've done. Um, your story has served to inspire millions of people. And I know that this is just the beginning of getting your message out there. And I know you've already created such a mass following and such a huge impact, but I feel so uh, inspired by your story and what you do. And I just want to say thank you for, for doing that and for putting everything out so authentically and honestly and from your heart. Um, I think that people that read this book will really feel that. And so I, again, want to just say thank you for that. Oh, thank you so much for having me on and thank you for the work you do as well. And for all of you who are listening, thank you for showing up in your growth and tuning into this podcast because wow, what a, what a way to get your juicy nuggets of love on. Seriously. Right. Oh, so I love it so everybody. much. Yeah. So for the people that are listening to Net and they want more information about, you know, the book or the events, like where can they go for more information or to connect with you? 
Yeah, the book is out now, so you can get it on Amazon. You can get it at every Barnes and Noble, um, most bookstores around the world. But if you want a simple link that will take you to different bookstores in your area, just go to DanetteMay.com forward slash book. So my name, DanetteMay.com forward slash book. And yeah, you can find me at DanetteMay.com. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at the Danette May, but I know the book, like you said, is going to give you way more than I've ever even given out anywhere else. So the book is <laughs> the book is going to give you so many tools, free tools and just exact meal plans and workouts and also just the stories for you to find your story and for you to start stepping into your power. Yes. And so for those of you that are listening, we are giving away 10 copies of the book that we, we have. Yes. Wow. So yay. Right. Amazing. So, so if you're listening to this, you're one of the first people to listen, go on Instagram and tag both Danette and myself on this particular podcast episode. You can tag it on your Instagram feed or in Instagram stories, and you'll be entered to win a free book. And we'll ship it to you with some radically loved stickers and it'll be amazing. And then you'll tell us how much you loved it. Wow, that's amazing opportunity. Thank you for doing that. I think that's amazing. Yay. Awesome. Uh, Danette, you're the best. Thank you so much for doing this. I, I loved having you on and I hope uh, I hope to have you on again. Oh my gosh, it was so much fun. You're You're amazing. So keep it up. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us, message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review. We love doing this. So please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening. Is there something missing in your life? Is there something that you want to do in the world to create an impact but feel that it's overwhelming? So many of us walk through life feeling unsatisfied, overwhelmed, tired, and desperate for a deeper connection, but don't quite know how to achieve the things that we want in life. Join us this spring at the Dunsky Castle in Scotland for seven days of yoga, meditation, and yoga nidra, all focusing on finding your life's purpose. During our time together, we will learn how and when to take action, how to lead from our heart and not our head, how to break up with our inner critic for good, and dive deep into learning about desire and discipline and how this creates a purposeful life. For more information, go to radicallyloved.com or you can message us at info at radicallyloved.com, subject Scotland. We'll see you soon.